0: promised for eternity the winds howled the mellow sun avoided confronting her by hiding behind the cottony clouds as if trying to escape being a partner in a coup the vagrant clouds mocked at her ready to plunder her while the moon, with its stoic calm, accepted her execrable situation and soothed her. Fortunate are the ones who can take a call for themselves, unlike her who had grown up on borrowed grains. She looked resplendent, dressed head to toe in bridal finery. A bride, who shall be envied for being a Sada Suhagan, for time immemorial. A bride who will be revered and plundered simultaneously. A bride who shall be a concubine to many, but a companion to none. Lady of the Lord, Married to the God. Dev Dasi. The rising crescendo of the drums and the rhythmic beat transported her back to the childhood lanes of mirth and glee. She remembered how it all started or rather how the end of her innocent life happened. Shubhadra stop playing in the sun and sit in the shade your dark complexion will get shallower. Parvati, her mother's stone, was laden with sarcasm but with a pinch of love. Amma, you are perturbed by my gallivanting in the village or by my dark complexion? Ten-year-old Shubhadra's innocent mind quipped, Neither. I want you to conduct yourself with dignity. You are promised promised to whom shubhadra's knife self got curious parvati knew it was time for the big revelation dear daughter you are destined to marry the god himself our savior our lord married to the god Amma, this is incredible. Shubhadra jumped with joy. I shall dress up like Revati, our neighbour. I will wear a red sari with flowers adorning my hair. Her dewy eyes danced with pleasure and she sashayed her torn frock around their humble dwelling like a sinewy dancer. Parvati, her mother, listened to her banter. And decided to let her newfound happiness enthral her for some time, and not to squash her hopes with harsh reality. Shubhadra scampered to the fields to apprise her friends of her fortune. Her bare feet did not feel the scalding parched soil, nor did the warning winds dampen her spirit. Shubhadra held on to her friends' hands and danced with joy. Bride of the God himself, they chirped. You are so lucky. Shubhadra, you shall eat so many savories, sweets and milk that could last us for days, said one. You'll wear jewelry like the goddess, quibbed the other. Everyone shall bow down to you. Oh, how I wish I got married to the god as well, lamented Nirmala, her best friend. Nirmala, don't ever say that, admonished her mother. But why, Amma? Shubhadra is so fortunate to do so. Nirmala's mother's reaction dampened Shubhadra's spirits. She sensed that all was not well and wondered whether they were jealous of a good fortune. Keep quiet, Nirmala, she scolded her and looked at Shubhadra. Nirmala's mother's eyes were filled with adoration and a tinge of sympathy. She embraced Shubhadra fleetingly and brushed past her, hiding her face with her pallu. Nirmala's mother dragged her daughter towards their hut and wailing nirmala followed unwillingly shubhadra trudged back slowly home perplexed with the look on nirmala's mother's face a look that would haunt her for years to come her mind was in turmoil all her joy had turned turtle Wasn't getting married a precursor to joy? Wasn't becoming a bride every girl's dream? She reflected. Then why was her happiness eclipsed? Why did she experience crawling dread? She ran to hide in her mother's lap, the only place she sought for safety as she had no father to look up to. The absence of a father figure was the most conspicuous lacuna in her life. Amma, she whispered in the dead of the night, in rhythm with the occasional croaking of the toads and the continuous hum of the crickets. Yes, my dear, Amma, why why did the Lord choose me to be his bride? He chose you because I was his bride before. And now it's your turn to serve him and his followers. Serve him? But how? I can't even see him. You serve him through his devotees. Sleep now, my child. You shall understand soon. Your marriage is just a fortnight away. Time and tide wait for none. And so it didn't for little Shubhadra too. The Purnima descended with sun's emergence. His rays pierced through with exalted fervor, as if trying its best to shake out these mere foolish mortals out of their customs and ritual-bound stupor. His revolting heat was subdued by constant drumming of the Mridangam. The shank by the conch shells had sealed Shubhadra's fate. The tinkling anklets, the clinking rainbow hued bangles, and the dancing gold earrings, coupled with her carefree laughter, made Shubhadra the cynosure of all eyes. A bride to eye for. Eyes? full of lust and devoid of even an ounce of devotion. She was held close by the head priest who performed the ceremonial rituals. She exchanged the vows with the God to serve her Lord and his disciples for life and to be his wife till her dying day. The ten-year-old nodded all the commands as directed (laughs) and thereby became a woman of the world. As the ceremonial fire ebbed, she was asked to step into the sanctum sanctorum. She turned to see her mother leave her alone with the priest and the temple keepers. Amma, wait for me, Amma, she wailed. But the only person she had trusted ever turned her back. She was a married woman now and as a bond with her mother became insignificant. No, you belong here now. You are no longer my daughter, but Dev Dasi Shubhadda. You now belong to the world. Accept your fate and destiny without resistance she said and walked away her mother's words stung like a scorpion and her ten year old existence sensed a harbinger of misfortune that had befallen her Devdasi the authoritative command tugged her back to the present wrapping all her childhood memories away in a bundle stowed away forever the mridangam was beating louder. Devdasi, you are the property of the temple now. Your existence will be for him and no one else. You shall sing his praise and dance for his love. You shall treat all devotees with the same love and deny none. You will share yourself with one and all like the great Lord himself, without any inhibitions. Thus, you are now a temple ornament belonging to all. His monologue scarred her life forever. Devdasi Shubhadra, take off your jewelry and clothes and surrender yourself to the God. It's time to consummate your marriage the head priest commanded. Ten-year-old Shubhadra died that very moment. She hesitated. Big burly pudgy hands started to roam over her body and took their time at certain places. She stepped back and spoke with shreds of dignity that remained. I shall offer myself to the God, Just give me a moment. The lecturer's eyes got shrugged at such composure. They smiled. What better than an exceeding partner? Thus, first came the tinkling anklets. Their music muted when placed on the cold stone. Then the clinking rainbow-hued bangles one by one in succession. They now seemed to exude only the black colour of mourning as they joined the anklets. The dancing mirthful gold earrings belonging to the temple treasury laughed at her innocence. Foolish girl! She thought that I belonged to her. Little did she know that I was just a trap to entrap her nubile soul. I did my job well again like I have been doing for centuries. Alas, I shall rest for some time till it's time to adorn a new bride." Shubhadra's hand stilled, but the expectations in those leering eyes coaxed her to continue. It was the rustle of red silk being disrobed that unnerved her, and she froze. Greedy, unrelenting pause took over and pulled at her remaining shrouds of modesty. She stood tall, her squared shoulders did not hunch, her inner turmoil did not percolate her exterior facade, and her eyes did not betray her resolve by brimming with emotions. The train of temple keepers and priests were a witness to her humiliation. She acceded to their demands full of shame, remorse and dread. The salivating glances accompanied her every moment until the bride of the God stood bare before his disciples. She had vowed to fulfil their desires and was left with no choice. Her stoic acceptance to her situation somehow seemed to have reduced their carnal pleasure. Their manhood was ecstatic, training a novice. They moved towards her like wolves, but the bride took it all, the plunder, the torture and the pain without a flicker of her eyelids. Shubhadra never, ever returned home. The priest nor the temple keepers ever objected to her movements as they were glad to have a consenting accomplice. But she herself denied her mother. A mother who left her alone to serve the predators in the name of God. Shubhadra vowed never to forgive her, for plunging her own daughter into this humiliating life. Thus, she dressed up every night as a bride for a new groom and consummated the Alliance, distributing her love to everyone without discrimination. In the dead of the night, when her chores were done, she wore her torn, dirty rags and often wondered and questioned the God. What would her life be like if she wasn't born a devdasi? In the core of the night, she often sang. I wish I could tell you God how much like the rain you are as you maligned me without my say and left me with a scar my soul reek of their pleasures the world blamed my birthing star wish I could tell how much like the rain you capsized my boat of dreams tore them apart how much like the rain you destroyed at your will forced me to comply and broke me within Your vagrant, vicious bearers mocked in glee. Those dark hounds jeered at me. Always remember the bride you cursed, shattered within, plundered on earth. Her soul is parched, her eyes are dried well. Alas, I am a bride who didn't cry, but died within.